So those of you that have uh, been around me when I started the uh, business aha moments years ago, we had a number of guests on. They talk about their uh, business aha moments and what that means um, from a uh, professional perspective. And it came to me, the whole concept and idea, you know, running board meetings and you would be in a board meeting and somebody would say something. You'd be like, would you mind repeating what you just said? And they would. And, and I say, um, let's take a note of that because from my perspective, those happen rarely, but when they do happen in board meetings, which is usually kind of sometimes every board meeting, which is awesome because you need those aha moments that are there. It kind of inspired me to have conversations with individuals about their business aha moments and what those business aha moments look like to them from their perspective that really kind of made them think differently uh, from a business perspective. So we started the series. The magic is that when the people tell me their business aha moment, it's the very first time I've ever, ever heard it. So I'm going to be as surprised as anybody else is uh, during this process. So for today, um, our business aha moment um, is from Marcus Kent. Marcus is the uh, president of organizational development for board developer. Marcus and I have been friends for years. I met through his dad, Ernie, and uh, he's been uh, a true leader for our organization uh, ever since then when we started to uh, become friends and then now working together uh, regularly. So today we've got Marcus and he's going to share that with me and we're going to walk through that, talk through that um, and what it means uh, for uh, business aha moment. So Marcus, I, I am absolutely delighted uh, that you're here. It's going to be a, a hoot. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have some fun talking about it. And I wholly hope that people have a, an opportunity to understand that this is a very interesting perspective if you embrace what these events are like. So with that, Marcus, um, I wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to share with me your business aha moment and to talk about what that business aha moment was for you. And I, I will tell you, because of our friendship, I'm completely um, stoked, lack of a better word, that I am uh, anxiously to hear, anxious to hear what you're going to share with uh, us today. I, I appreciate that, and thank you for the uh, the warm welcome to Business Ahas. You're welcome. I think uh, I I agree with you. I I've experienced this myself, where you're you're sitting in a meeting with a client, or you're sitting with a board, and someone shares an idea or a way that they've reframed something that they're thinking about, and it just clicks, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden your perspective changes. And so yeah, I yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and and be able to share mine. Okay. Uh, so for me. My business aha moment, um, this happened for me at about age 36. I was the COO for a half-billion-dollar packaging company. Um, this company was six years old at the time, started by three people, and in three years it went from a three-person startup and a 4,600-square-foot um, storefront to suddenly a half-billion-dollar company with 300 employees in three countries and 12 states, and... It grew really, really fast, but ultimately, um, as they as they were growing and they were bolting on different parts of the company, HR comes into play. All of a sudden, there's an org chart, but functionally, this company, the even though the org chart was beautiful, they functioned like a telephone pole. You had the CEO and the founder at the top, and so many of the original staff were used to being able to go directly to him, that as we brought on new management and we put procedures and policies in place, the existing staff 
felt like the CEO didn't trust them anymore. They felt their direct access to the top being taken away. And when we talk about growing pains, I feel like this is a term that just gets thrown around very loosely in business. But this is where I actually see real growing pains taking place, Mm -hmm. is the people that helped build the ship. Mm -hmm. The ship is now underway, and Mm -hmm. suddenly, anytime you get an organization to that size, you have to start putting in some divisions of labor. Hmm. People start specializing in what they do. Mm -hmm. And as you bring in middle management to help weather that growth, Mm -hmm. the original people that were there feel like they're being displaced. Hmm. And as those people were feeling displaced in this functional telephone pole versus on paper what the org chart looked like, sure. what I started realizing was for every single department we had, every single leader we had, mm-hmm. there was one client. And that client was the CEO. Oh. And so, so many people, we were, we were in an environment and so, a culture. So, so they worked so hard to like always want to be pleasing that one mm-hmm. from a marketing perspective. Right? Yep. Yeah. Because, because yeah, every, I get every, it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone remembers all these department heads remembered sitting in that original group of four to five people that started the company right. and cracking beers with the CEO and solving problems. And so suddenly the world changed. The world has changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Go world, ahead. Uh-huh. And, we're, and we're in the midst of these growing pains. For context, I was the first new leadership hire in probably five years. Wow. And so I came on board with a bunch of people. Oh, the new guy. I was the new guy. The new guy. And I got brought in as the COO. Okay. And I remember on my very first day, I went and had a conversation with the uh, VP of production. Mm -hmm. And I sat down with them and I said, hey, I just want to let you know, as as the new guy, I don't know left from right. I Mm -hmm. know nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to make change. I'm not here to make your life more difficult. In fact, I want to tuck into your pocket and learn what it is that you do so that I can better act as a COO and understand the company. Good. He left that meeting, went to the CEO, and 10 minutes later, the CEO goes, yeah, you're not going to oversee production. Don't worry about that. Ouch. And so what I realized a lot slower than I wish I had was we had this culture where regardless of what the org chart was, regardless of what division of labor was, There was one person and one person alone whose opinion mattered, who got to judge what was and what wasn't successful. And so everyone was so focused on making him happy that we didn't do what we needed to do for our customers sometimes. We didn't do what we needed to do for our staff sometimes. Mm -hmm. We were so focused on making the guy at the top of the telephone pole happy. Mm -hmm. And that was the game Mm -hmm. that everyone was playing. Would you call that self-preservation some of it was certainly self-preservation sure they're like I'm, I'm, I'm totally fearful from my job because if i don't pe- please my boss mm-hmm. interesting i have another mm-hmm. question for you really quick. please yeah go ahead before, before we get any further but I, do you think that that is systemic absolutely this, this is happens all the time it's it's interesting so now um as someone who goes out and works with companies Mm -hmm. i see this a lot and all of a sudden this this becomes a glaring problem for me yeah it's it's deer in the headlights right i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) we are we are we're performing for an audience of one yeah yeah and and as much as i hang on on, mm -hmm. we're performing for an audience of one absolutely we have one marketing client Mm -hmm. and that is our ceo that is the ceo founder Wow. Okay. That's okay. all that matters. So all these actions, all these actions that take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the stuff that happens within the business. Yeah. yeah. Where you where you start to see it is there a lot of CYA comes into place. A lot yeah. of cover your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden, what we're trying I, to do. I, I know what CYA means. Well, yeah, everyone yeah, listening yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't necessarily. <laughs> so 
Um, but all of a sudden that comes into play because everyone's so concerned about this one perspective. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if you're a company that has values and mm-hmm. you've got your values on posters and mm-hmm. written around the company, people don't learn values from posters. Um, and I don't care what your values Wait say. Wait a minute. If you put your values up on all the walls. Yeah, it turns and out. And the, the mission statement and... And we do all these great things. Mm-hmm. You didn't write, obviously. Somebody Correct. else wrote for you. You paid a lot of money to. Yep. No one like that embraces all at, that. At, at the end of the day. Oh wait a minute. They don't. They don't embrace all no, that. No. It, tur- it turns out they don't. <laughs> it turns out they don't. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, your values, in my opinion, are the things that you are willing to lose money for, because you believe so strongly in them hmm. that you're willing to let, like. If that bumps up against your ROI, mm-hmm. you're gonna let your values win. Interesting. And so I don't care what your posters or your values or whatever are, when you've got this environment where you have one person at the top and they are the, capital T, yeah. the audience, sure, that's the only person we're playing for, mm-hmm. it should be no surprise that we drop the ball internally, department to department. Interesting. It should be no surprise that we drop the ball externally Fair. to our clients. Or if we do, then what happens internally is this scramble mm-hmm. to cover your ass because you're really concerned about the viewpoint of one person. Interesting. And I found that even, I, I sit here now from this perspective removed from it, and I mm-hmm. can say, I can spot this and it's a problem, but for two years, I was in that exact same spot where I was playing for an audience of one. I had no idea consciously that I was playing for this audience of one. You didn't know. I didn't know. I, I Consciously, I didn't know. Huh. But I'm sitting here spending all this time outside of work I'm playing chess in my head with no one across the table from me, mm-hmm. but I'm playing all this chess about what does he want? What's going to make him happy? Mm. How is this going to, how is this, uh, this initiative we're taking as the company, how is he going to receive it? Wow. And I can't tell you the amount of not only business efficiency that I lost, but the amount of my own personal time mm-hmm. that I spent. Like I said, I'm in my head playing chess against this person and there's no one sitting across from me. And I spent so much time trying to figure out what this person wanted. But wait a minute. Why did you not know? I didn't know because that was not part of our culture. This was a, this mm. was a person who now, knowing what I know now, um, this was a person with a very, very dominant personality. Hmm. Um, probably no... Well, imagine that as a founder of a company. Uh, seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Imagine and, that. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something that systemically now I see all the time when I meet founder operators um, there's a lot of there's a lot of dominance. There's a lot of people that are like go getters. Yep, yep. The hard chargers. Absolutely. <laughs> there's there's not a lot of softness there. No. And when when you are personally leveraged into a business project, mm-hmm. the more people you add to that project, there is an increase in the pressure, especially when your name is on the building. It hits you different. Mm-hmm. The math for you as the owner operator is a lot different than the guy who's just showing up to do the job. Bingo. And so when that's when that's your when that's the system you're working under, I don't think it's easy to realize that. When you go ahead. Why was it an aha? It was an aha for me because the moment I realized I am here for an audience of one, hmm. I was like, I can't do this. This is not what I signed up for. Hmm. This is not what I want to be doing. And then six years later you were still there. No, 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 no. <laughs> no they, uh, I, I very quickly I, I realized this and within a month and a half, which is what the time it took me to talk to my wife and figure out figure out my own finances. I sat I sat down with him. Um, I gave him a two month notice, 
I said, Hey, and, and we were, we were dear friends before coming along or coming on board. And I said, you know, um, I really appreciate the opportunity, but I realize that I'm here solely to try and make you happy. And I realize that the company is geared up to do so. And I don't think that we can do what you brought me on to do as long as the company stays this way. What did he say? Um, I was actually really surprised. Um, again, playing chess against myself, I had imagined him blowing up. I'd imagined him getting really upset. But you exposed for the very first time your player, mm-hmm. your player on the other side of the chess table, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yep. He was, board, yeah. he was actually uh, he was he was sad. It made him really sad to hear mm-hmm. that. Um, and did he get it? Um, I don't think he did then. Mm-hmm. We've talked since then. Interesting. And he gets it. I think I planted the seed. Mm-hmm. And now that the seed was planted, he's seen that with other people on our team. Mm-hmm. And now that he's seen that with other people on our team, mm-hmm. now he gets it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I don't think I don't think he had the. We we were moving too fast and growing too fast. I mm-hmm. think for him to be able to stop the ship and have that conversation with himself. And change what was happening because, from an ROI standpoint, it was rapid growth. Oh, we we were the it. proverbial hockey stick, and yep. we were taking on the incumbents. I all of it. that, right? So, on that time, he, he was reading the six hundred and sixty seventh email of the day when you came in and talked Correct. to him, and he still had seven hundred to deal with the rest of the day, along with the crisis number forty one and forty five, yep. sixty three. And you're like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving in two months, and he's yep. like, uh, yep. And then, how much longer did it take him to get it? About a year and a half. Interesting. What mm-hmm. happened? Um, I don't know all of the details of what happened internally, but mm-hmm. I definitely got a phone call from him. From him? Yep, on like an idle Saturday afternoon. Um, and literally, well, I picked... While you're, while you're watching American Idol? Uh, I was... Uh, actually, I was I was watching <laughs> European Idol. The, uh, the I like the accents. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was an idle Saturday. I was doing yard work, and I got a call from him, and uh, I was like, hey, do you have a second? And I was like, I do. And he's like, you know, there's something you said to me um, in that meeting we had before you left and it, it clicked and you're right. And I'm taking steps to, to change that. And it's really something that has stuck with me since you said it. And I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, when I give advice, whether I'm coaching or, or, um, doing business development or organizational development with people, I like to say, I don't have all the right answers, but what I do have is a lot of experience in navigating the minefield. Uh, perspective. Yep. I'm, I am great at pointing out places that I have screwed up when sure. I see other people doing the same thing. And it's thing. not on page 27 of chapter nope. four. Nope. It's a, well, this happened. Yep. And you're like, uh, oh. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the whole adage, you learn from other people's mistakes. You absolutely learn from other people's <clears throat> mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I think... It's it's something that like now that it's something I'm so aware of and sensitive to, I see a lot of this, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about companies that are going through, quote unquote, growing pains mm-hmm. or any company that's going through growth mm-hmm. and coming out of that startup phase and, and moving on and growing. I see a lot of this mm-hmm. where we've got an owner operator that is so heavily invested in it. And it's almost like a cult of personality. Can't get out of his own way. Correct. Yeah. Can't get out of their own way. We, we hear those things, though. But, but in reality, of the, does it happen? When does it happen? Where mm-hmm. people say the term, um, they were successful in spite of themselves. Correct. Yeah, because their product was so amazing. They had such a trajectory that they took off and exploded. Like, how do I get to the billion-dollar uh, valuation? Like, yep. It's called luck. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right, right place, right time. Right place, right time. Smart people, but the L-U-C-K word is 
magical. Yeah, there's yeah. there's so many moving parts. Oh, yeah. And but th- this is uh, fortunately or unfortunately, like we said earlier, systemic. It's something I see all over the place where you you sit down with someone and you ask what is what is your job and what is your major function at this company sure. oh well i'm the i'm the coo right. and my job is to oversee operations and i'm like that's great how do you know that you have achieved what you're supposed to do what's your kpi well my Fair. kpi is set by the owner right okay are you is your kpi because the owner wants that done or because it's the best thing for the company who is your audience Fair. Fair. and Fair. And when you understand that your audience is one person, are you then like, I don't think if your audience is one person, you can still show up for your customer the gotcha. way that you're supposed to. Sure, sure, sure. I don't think you can show up for your team the way not. you're supposed to. But I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of cut to the chase. Okay? Sure. You said it's systemic. Yes. Okay? And you said that this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So, to the CEOs that are paying attention, if they're still paying attention, because mm-hmm. they're on their 670 email, email with 700 to go yeah, 700, yeah. 700 to go that you have this um a poll and i'm at the top of the poll mm-hmm. and is there something that i can process do see have access to to, to somehow communicate with me certain words mm. certain communication Mm-hmm. certain messaging to be able to say, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That, I think if, you, if we had the ability to back up the train four steps and before you get to that point, and that CEO says, hey, I actually believe that we have an opportunity to um, change this kind of course of action, and we have this opportunity to really um, make a difference in my and where we are as an organization, and where we are as in my head because I, I had heard this and I knew when I got to Y, I needed to do Z. Mm. And, and, and I get it, Marcus. It's probably not a magic bullet. Sure, sure. However, but is there something that these these entrepreneurial, narcissistic behavioral, not all of them, mm-hmm. um, individuals, you know, they have an amazing product or an amazing service and they, they've earned that role. They're like, oh, it's never going to happen to me. Yes, it's going to. Mm-hmm. I think... So to that person, um, I realize it's a, there's, there is an amount of pressure and an amount of responsibility that you take on when you're starting your own company that I don't think it's talked about in Forbes or Inc. or, or any of the magazines, right? You are personally leveraged. Aren't, aren't all those topics all talked about all the time? Absolutely before? not. No, it's, it's, <laughs> this is all, it's all glamorous, right? Being a CEO and like having a startup is like a really glamorous place to be. Yeah. You, you, until, hey, hey, I'm on the first front page of Forbes because my company failed. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not. Well, un, until, until your house <laughs> is leveraged into your company, until your house is collateral for a bank loan yeah. so that you can make payroll. Oh, yeah. Until so your, the your wife is saying when are you get a job job yeah so the the <laughs> the stakes for the entrepreneur founder sure. CEO are a lot higher sure. and I get that I like to say that everyone is a grown up until it until it comes time to tell the truth apologize or have a hard conversation and then we're nine years old again this is one of those times where it it takes on a tremendous amount of vulnerability you've built a team and you've gone from the Startup phase with your original team, Fair. and now you're growing. If you want to solve this, go to your team and have an open and honest conversation with your team about who is your client. Is it me or is it external? 
Are you making the external client happy? But hang on a second. At what point are they going to know to ask that question? Ask it today. What is wow. stopping you from having that conversation? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So, so, so first of all, if, we, if the CEO understands at some point that he or she need, needs to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right, and they need to um, view that as their organization's growing, at what point is everybody reporting to you, you're starting to make that change, at that particular point, during that period of time, mm-hmm. have a conversation with your staff mm-hmm. and be open to the words that they say mm-hmm. and tell them in that room, mm-hmm. this is the safe zone. The sooner you can have this conversation, the better. Interesting. here's the thing, right? But, we, but, but hang on. But, but, they're already already where they are, and they already believe they, they're 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 the, the top of the mountain. And you're telling them to be you're telling them to be vulnerable. I am okay. I am here for every for every CEO, startup CEO, founder, anybody listening. You train people how to treat you, yeah. and if you are training people that you are the most important opinion in every single room, even beyond what the client thinks, whether you want to or not, forget the poster on the wall. You have just chiseled into stone a cornerstone of your company culture. And the company culture is don't make the guy in charge upset. Make sure that the guy in charge is happy. And because these people that, are, that you've hired that are working for you, at the end of the day, if they're really passionate about what they do, great. They go home at 5 or 6 o'clock. They've got kids. They've got families. They've got mortgage. They've got all of this. They have to worry about those things. Gotcha. And if making you happy is what pays the mortgage, guess what they're going to do? Make you happy every time. Wow. So, if they, so they're they're able to say that this phenomenon can happen, and they're able to wrap their head around for them to do it. If they ask that question, listen to the answer, and if they, if, the, if your team is honest, mm-hmm. and I would say most of the time, you said it happens all the time. That is going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know that's going to be the case, then you hear this information back from your team, the magic is one thing to hear it, right? Absolutely. But the magic after that what do you is, do with it? what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. And, and are you the tool that goes, yeah, 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 sure. Um, I need that report by four o'clock today. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. You have to um, truly be interested in what your customer is, which is not you. Correct. Wow. Correct. That, that, that's absolutely insane. Hey, Marcus. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Really did. I think that it and it resonates, obviously, lots of reasons because mm-hmm. we deal with this obviously a lot, you know, mm-hmm. with our clients, we're developer, and when we have this opportunity to have these conversations with them, I mean, the magic is, I think, with the CEO, with us anyway, and you'll agree, I'm sure. Once we develop a trust level with that CEO, and you say, "Listen, MF," or whatever word you want to use, sure. It's appropriate you get through. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you cutting me off again? Yeah. You're getting defensive. Yep. Why are you crossing your arms? I'm not saying these things because I want to piss you off. Correct. I'm saying these things because you need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. We know that your organization has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That pulse is feeding families. Mm-hmm of your employees, their families, and you're choosing to 
not make it about the success of the organization, even though you think you are. Correct. But the success about your preservation as an mm-hmm. individual. It's right. It is. Yeah. And I mean, the, the thing that gets me too is like, uh, I can't tell you how many, how many startup CEOs I've met, especially when it's an industry that's, um, it's disruptive mm-hmm. or you're in an industry and you're being disruptive in the industry that are still the smartest guy in the room all the time. And guess what? If you're being disruptive and you're blazing new territory, you've never been there before. That's so funny. How are you the smartest person (laughs) in the room if we're all standing here in a place we've never been before? Actually, I remember somebody saying to me one day and we were playing poker. It was like seven people playing poker around the table and somebody says, if you don't know who the worst person playing poker at the table is, it's you. It's you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's this... It's it's interesting. It's an interesting ecosystem that gets built because you have a company that's blazing new territory and trying new things that no one has ever done before. So by the very definition, no one has been here. Yeah. No one yeah. is a qualified leader in this space. Yeah, you're absolutely so right. So if you're in that space and you go to your team and you say, hey, who's actually the customer? Who are we trying to make happy? Sure, sure, sure. And they say it's you you've got some misalignment with what you're trying to do. But it's important to be able to have that frank, open conversations with those employees to make them be able to say, you. It is. And they have to have courage Mm -hmm. because Mm self-preservation is to have no courage. Because obviously you didn't have courage until you finally went to your CEO and said, hey, I need to go. I would go, if I I were a CEO listening to this right now and I was, and I was, feeling like this was me and I was asking this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go to the quietest person on my team. The person that seems to me as the least outgoing, the most socially awkward, whatever. And I would say to them, Hey, I'm thinking of soliciting this feedback. Uh-huh. How would you give this kind of feedback? Would it be anonymous? Would it be in writing? Would it be in person? Whatever. Cause if it works for them, it will work for everybody else. And the CEO at that particular point has to do something really special. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Absolutely. And listen. Absolutely. Because you obviously are intimidating, yep. I presume, to that individual. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey. If, if you've never done this as a CEO, and again, <clears throat> here's this here's this like logical fallacy too. If you've never done this as a CEO before, you don't know how this process works of soliciting this kind Fair. of feedback. Absolutely. Fair. Shut up and get out of the way of the process. I uh, say that often. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask a question. Use these yep. as opposed to this. Yep. Absolutely. That's why God gave us two you of those, the other one of the other. Two ears and one Woo! mouth. Use Absolutely. the other one twice as often. Hey, Marcus, thanks, brother. Absolutely. My that pleasure. Was, that was really, really good. Yep. Impactful. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. And I think for uh, those CEOs that uh, uh, can resonate with that message that's being sent, mm-hmm. I, from my perspective, it really makes, if you, they can think about it really on the inside mm-hmm. and, and embrace it in a way that is... Uh, vulnerable, mm-hmm. which is really, really hard. Yep. As a CEO, to be vulnerable. Yep. But I think if they have the ability to do that and um, and listen to that, they can make an impact. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those uh, CEOs uh, that are uh, that are out there uh, and you're listening to this, um, absolutely, um, uh, take heed. Take heed to that information. Um, and if you have a uh, an interest of uh, potentially being on an episode of the Aha Moments, let us know. Because obviously things like this is are super exciting, like with Marcus today. Because uh, the magic for this is I, I don't know, and the, and we want to have a a raw conversation about how this is going to be impactful for you, how it's going to make a difference for your organization. Mm-hmm. In, in our case, you know, our organization today, yeah, because we deal with this every single every, every day, not every day, 
Yeah, not I, every day, well, but often. Well, actually, often. Sometimes, often, sometimes more than one time a day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> crisis. Of, uh, Marcus, I have a crisis. Uh, number four. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. 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 So that that's uh, that's super cool. It, and anyhow, uh, team. Um, it, and if you have an interest um, in being on an aha moment, and you've had one, and it's super, super, super moving for you, let us know. Because I think we have an opportunity here to share information that's going to be impactful and it's going to be moving for other people. So on behalf of our team, uh, Marco, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being back in Arizona. Absolutely. It's a little Some warmer here as opposed to the, the mean, rainy weather in Portland. It's drier, that's for sure. Yes, it's absolutely. The coldest I've ever experienced in Arizona. But Easy. It's still, it's still warmer than Oregon. Well, it's a dry cold. It, it's a dry cold. That's right. <laughs> that's what everybody keeps telling me. Okay. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you very much, everybody. Until next time uh, you, for our business ahas. Take care and uh, have a absolutely fabulous uh, rest of your uh, day, week, month, whatever you're uh, in the process of uh, enjoying. Take care. Bye-bye.